Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, uh, fluid situation on today's edition of Oilers Now. It's 12.33 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. The Edmonton Elks at 12 o'clock today announced that Chris Jones has been officially named general manager, head coach. They'll have a press conference at 1.30. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell will have that for you. Tuesdays, we have Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Alberta's top fillies and colts go head-to-head in the Philly Pace and Western Canadian Pacing Derby. It takes place December 31st. That's New Year's Eve at Century Mile, post-time 6.15. Uh, in theory, the Edmonton Oilers are in... New York at that time, in theory. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Nobody is at this stage. We head off to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beak Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And uh, that is Mark Spector for, again, the horses and horse racing Alberta. Brendan, can you bring Speck aboard uh, to the show? Hello, Mark. How you doing? Oh, pretty fair. Bobby, how you up to? Uh, I'm all right. We are going to have a uh, conversation on a couple different points today. Uh, We are going to talk about the orders, but not in this initial segment because the news of the day, the mouth of the lion. uh, No, it's not COVID numbers. Uh, I'm kind of COVIDed out right now, Mark, to be honest with you. Uh, The Edmonton Elks make the announcement. Chris Jones as a GM head coach. Um, I've said my piece. To me, this makes a lot of sense. I think that uh, Jones has shown a propensity to find talent, uh, to deploy talent with speed on defense, and to improve teams dramatically. He's worked for six different CFL organizations, two stints now in Toronto. They made a big step forward when they had him come in halfway through last year, uh, and now his second stint with the Edmonton Eskimos slash Elks. This guy can win games. He can improve the product in a hurry. And uh, now the only question is he's bounced around a lot. He needs to stick some roots in. That's my perspective. You give me yours. Why? What? Um, what would make us think that he'll be at this point next year working for the Edmonton Elks? That would be my question, Bob. We, you know, you say he needs to put some roots in. Why would you say he's going to put some roots in? He's never put roots in anywhere he's been ever. And uh, you know, he's a guy that's shown that it's all about Chris Jones. Sure, he wins uh, while he's there. You know, and then what he leaves behind. Let's talk about what he leaves behind, right? not so pretty most times you know i would say to you why does he move all the time why hasn't anyone why hasn't anyone stood up and, and made him stay everyone says oh he'll never leave edmonton because you know, he's already coaching gm and he'll, he'll never find a better position but what i would say about guys who move all the time is the organization they're with very seldom spends any effort keeping them Right? Why does no one ever spend any effort keeping Chris Jones after they've had him for a while? That's what I would ask you. So he got an opportunity with the Cleveland Browns to work in the National Football League. Is that a legitimate How'd that shot? Work out? Well, they're the Cleveland Browns spec. They've they've had some challenges oh. too. So I all I know is the guy spent twenty years in the CFL spec. He's never been fired. And most people that are that deal with the, the day to day minutiae of the CFL, like the David Naylors of the world. <laughs> never stays around long enough to get fired. Yeah. Right? Okay. 
never stays around long enough to get fired. He leaves, goes somewhere else. Mark, so. do you think he can? Do you, do you think he can improve the Edmonton Elks product from the moribund on-field uh, uh, performance we saw, especially at Commonwealth Stadium? Like they they won a couple games away from home. Did they win a game at home all year, Brendan? You worked all those games. Did they win a game at home this no. season? They didn't win a game at home. Can this can this guy? Bottom line, can this guy improve the product? Well, so could a so could a list of a hundred guys improve that product, Bob. Right? You could improve that product. Like it's not about whether Chris Jones can make the product better. I damn well hope he can make that. Product I, I better. have to. I have to. For me, Mark, as somebody who and for full disclosure, should we give people a full disclosure on this and the conversations that have been had as far back as 15 years ago on the importance of being having the best Canadian players in a salary management system and the conversations that. I personally had with Rick Lawless sure about Canadian scouting. Like, if you don't invest in it, you're not going to have good Canadians. And in a domestic league, you got to have the best domestic players. That's why Winnipeg has become the team they've been over the last two years. Mark, to me, Great. it's to me, it's simple. I know Chris Jones can find American players, whatever whatever they call them now. Uh, there's international players. He can find those players. He can find impact international players that play with speed and his teams play with passion. They do. That's the reputation his teams do. Now, is some people say he's too loose of a guy and he's not committed. That's why I put in the Huffnagel, Wally, like Wally Bono was part of this group, Mark. Like he's, yeah. and that's the first, I, I'm not going to be at that press conference. Somebody's going to have to ask him a question. Chris, are you going to dig in here? Are you going to dig in and spend four or five years in Edmonton building this yeah. thing up? That's what's got to happen. And you just you don't believe he's capable. You, you don't believe, I don't believe for... he's capable of it. Uh, I, I don't even. I, I barely know the guy. I just look at his track record. I'm an yep. objective observer that's looking down on this guy from thirty thousand feet. Why would you ask him if he had, if he's going to put down roots? He's never put down roots in his career. What's the point of asking that question? Who cares what his answer is? Look at his CV. That's what his answer is, Bob. His answer is his CV. So, what was your solution? You know, what was your solution otherwise? Well, uh, to me, uh, listen. Uh, don't ask me to, to tell you to go out into the world of football hires and find guys. It's not what I do for a living. I'm not educated on it. My, what's important to me? I come at this thing as a as a little kid that had an Edmonton Eskimos logo on my bedroom wall. That's what I'm looking at this thing as. I have a. I'm a guy that sat in the knothole gang, man. Right, I was at the first game in Commonwealth Stadium. I could tell you, I'm looking at a J5V in my office right now with signatures from I don't even know what team it is, but it's it's Danny Kepley and Brian Kelly and you know a whole bunch of these guys. You mean you can't name the whole Eskimos defense from their five Great Cup championships? I freaking can. That's why I'm coming at this thing from. That's I can. So the Elks, the Elks have become everything that the Eskimos weren't. Okay, the Elks have hit rock bottom. This organization doesn't get another try here. The CFL is is walk is stumbling along on its knees, and its former flagship franchise is the lowest point it's ever been. I think we'd all agree on that. This isn't conjecture. This is fact. The Elks have taken this thing as low as it can go. The next stop is no Elks anymore. So yeah. what they need is to connect with this community. They need longevity. They need, as Ken Holland talked about a hundred times over when he came under the order, they need stability. They got to have some stuff people can count on in Edmonton, right? A, a, a coach that 
you know, a team that maybe goes back to the midway with all those disabled kids. Oh, yeah, Chris Jones canceled that. Is, and right? that's what you've been kind told. Of a man cancels that, Bob. Yeah. What's well, that tell you about the man? Forget the football coach. The man canceled that. Are you 100% okay? right that you have that, Mark? Are you 100%? He wouldn't change practice times. He wouldn't change practice times so the team could, could do the tradition of going to the midway so and we'll, going out there with kids. All right. So anyway... That's Mark, you just admitted you just admitted you haven't totally been on it. So that's the, you, you didn't have any solutions. I, I'm going to give you a list of guys. I don't have any solutions. The solutions is hire someone who's going to be a quality man in our community and bring the Elks back to people like a 12 year old Mark Spector because that's the guy they got to get in the stands. All right. And Chris Jones has never. You know shown what gets people in the stands, Mark? Winning. Winning gets people in the stands. So here's here's the thing, I. We got a lot of people making morality plays on Chris Jones. Okay, fair enough. He has bounced around. He's angered fans in Saskatchewan. He has nobody yeah. would debate in CFL circles this guy's ability to coach. That team needs to win. I too grew up loving the Edmonton Eskimos. I can name the entire you know, the, the secondary, which featured Larry High Step and High Bottom, paraphrase Brian Hall, along yeah. with Joe Holloman on the corners. You had Ed Joe, not too you had Ed not too tall Jones and Greg Butler playing uh, as halfbacks. The safeties went from Pete Lavarado to Emilio Frietta. The linebacker, middle linebacker was Danny Ray Cal- you had Dale Potter, who was my phys ed teacher, along with Tommy Towns at outside linebacker. Towns, a guy who played fullback <laughs> for the Golden Bears in the early 1970s. The defensive line had the Swamp Dog, Ron Este. It had David Boone. It had Dr. Death, David Finnell. It had York Henschel. Those were some of the guys. James Quick Parker was a late ad towards like the 80, 81, 82 Edmonton Eskimos when they were. And. I had the conversation with when Danny Machocha was running the team with Rick Lawlisher when Hugh Campbell stepped down. Okay, so we're talking around 2006. Conversations. You guys have to focus on Canadian talent scouting once you get a salary. And, and I'll say this about Rick Lawlisher. He knew. He said, Stoff, we got to put money in a Canadian scouting because for years what we've done is it we've... It was Jones's record on Canadian scouting. That, that is... I'll be honest with you. That's an area of concern for me. I'm not concerned about his ability to find American players, Mark. He will find American players and he will coach them up and that team will play with speed on defense and they'll have a couple guys that come to the CFL and end up in the National Football League on defense because he can find those guys because he's got that pipeline. I want to see commitment from him long term. And I, I want to see what their solution is for Canadians. So those are the two questions. But, Mark, i got to tell you, I think he is a good bet to turn around the fortunes of the Edmonton Elks. That's, that's my yeah, belief. For a, sure, sure, for a season until he, until he goes off and they're stuck with a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, right? This guy's been fool's gold in a lot of towns, Bob. A lot of towns. Now he's in this town, and we're expecting fool's gold to turn into real gold. So... Cross your fingers, pal, because it's good. the history tells us it's going to be a short ride. All right. Now, this text comes in. Specter uh, from Jumpin' Jack Flash. Spec is right. You still haven't read my, read my last text. Well, Jumpin' Jack Flash, we get literally hundreds of texts an hour here. Bottom line, no roots in the community. Uh, uh, wife will move to Edmonton to teach. Not that dog don't hunt, Bobby. Oh, wow. They just used... He just used the Cam Neely line on Matt Barzell. 
That dog don't hunt. Uh, maybe you got, maybe you can figure out why Boston didn't draft uh, can, uh, Matthew Barzell. Anyways, uh, Chris, this uh, jumping jack flash says Chris Jones will be gone in less than two years. Went on the field but lose with marketing. Uh, who will be his strong boss? Well, you know what? They got to hire a president, and this, the president's got to be to me. It's got to have strong Edmonton connections. Like, when you had Chris Preston and Brock Sunderland, there was no connection to the city and no connection to the Eskimo alumni. And the Eskimo alumni cares. We have we have advertisers on the show spec that are Eskimo alumni, and they were disenfranchised from the team that they played for. They Does care. the GM care about the, care about well, he's gonna. the Eskimos alumni, though? He's going right? to. Does he have a history of a guy that comes in and has respect for what's been in place when he got there? Or is his history clean out everything that is, is important around him because it's about him and what he's building, right? That's his history. Who did he get rid of in Saskatchewan when he went there? First thing he did was got rid of um, a very loved, beloved player because that's his thing. He gets rid of whoever's in town. You think Dwayne Mandruziak's coming back? Hey, Mark, how many, beloved, how many beloved players do the Edmonton Elks have right now? Well, they got none, right? They got none. Right, absolutely. They got none. Okay, few. here we go. Uh, Tyler, Texas show to say the community aspect that Speck is referring to is important, but that's why they need to focus on a locally rooted hire as president. Leave Jones to be focused on football. So you're both right. That one comes to us from time. Both right? Come on, man. All right. Not both right. Again, Morley and Dave are going to be all over this beginning at one thirty. Speck and me respectfully disagree with one another. I think Jones can turn around the the fortunes of the Edmonton Elk. I really do. I believe he can get them turned around. And I believe whoever they hire as president has got to spend some time re-engaging with their alumni and the fan base. That's got to be part of the position. I think he's – what you can't argue is record as a football coach. He puts winners in the field. My question – I never once said to you, Bob, that he doesn't build a winner. My question is he builds a winner, and before it's built, he's gone. Or the minute it's built, he's gone. Right? This team doesn't need another head coach a year or two from now. That's a GM. Mark, it needs to build something that lasts. And this guy, so what I don't want is when they have a, you know, a nine and nine season or whatever they're playing these days, I don't want you coming back and say, you said he'd lose. I won't say he'll lose. He puts a winner together. But he does it while trashing everything around them, and then he splits, right? Let's, he see, splits. let's see what happens here. In fairness to guys that work in football, the pay structure in the NCAA and the NFL blows away that of the CFL. So you can understand when those opportunities do present. Like a good offensive coordinator's right. job at an NCAA school, yeah. a, a quarterback coach's job at an NCAA school yeah. trumps it does. It trumps what a head coach makes in the CFL. It does. So there you have it. So I would say to you, Bob, for a guy with his record as, as a builder and a defensive coordinator, and it's been a pretty good on-field record, what's he doing back in the CFL after all these years? Why didn't he ever get one of those defensive coordinator jobs in the NCAA? He got a, he, about he, 100 of them. He got a couple consultant jobs along the way. And, and again, how'd that go? Mark, Mark, you're... How'd that go? I, I, right? I'm, I want to see... back in the CFL, Bobby. I'm, He's I, back in the CFL. I, I will make this prediction, Mark. If Chris Jones is in Edmonton for three or more years, they're yeah, going to... I'll buy you dinner. Well, that'll be a first. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner. Someone said I don't need him. four years. Uh, speaking of dinner, guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. 
Simply put, they're the best. 9990 Jasper Avenue, open Wednesday through Sunday, 5 until 10 p.m. Tell Brendan, along with Chris and Taylor, that Oilers now sent you. Speck, you ready to talk about Jacob Chikrin when we come back? Yeah, partner. Let's get after it. You're listening to Oilers now. It's 1248 in Edmonton. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Uh, we head into the Christmas break with Leon Dreisaitl. All he's doing is leading the NHL in scoring. He's actually in a tie with a guy named Connor McDavid, Bob Stoffer, and Brendan Escott with Hugh Mark Spector on a Tuesday for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Alberta's top Phillies and Colts go head-to-head. The Philly Pace and Western Canadian Pacing Derby it takes place New Year's Eve, Century Mile, post-time 6.15. Into the orders now, injury report. We mentioned Trent Brown, uh, James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. My guess is Trent's probably pretty happy with who got hired today. Uh, Daniel in Blackfalls, Texas, on the Ashley Five. I'll get to the injury report in a second. Daniel says, Bob, great news on the Elks front. You think they didn't discuss with him on fulfilling contract? Come on, people. By far the best candidate. Merry Christmas, Bob. That one comes to us from Daniel in, in, in Blackfalls. All right. Oilers injury report from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers. Unrivaled experience. Unrivaled commitment. Unrivaled results. What do you got? Well, who's in Oilers' COVID protocol? Nobody knew. That's the good news, but it's still the Nuge, Darnell Nurse, William Lagason, Duncan Keith, Ryan McLeod, Devin Shore, and Yessa Pugliarvi. Uh, elsewhere, Jacob Zborl uh, tore his ACL. He is done for the season on the Boston Bruins' back end. And the Flames, after three days of no positive cases, have added backup goaltender Dan Vladar to their COVID list. Yeah, uh, well, we've tried to avoid the, the elephant in the room uh, that is... <laughs> Uh, taking things over here in the last week. That's uh, re-engaged Mr. Spectre Sportsnet Spec for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Mark, we're headed down an inevitable path involving the Olympics, which will give us a little bit more runway to complete a full season. Just your take. Uh, and by the way, Mark, this is rare when I say this, so I hope you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That was a great piece you wrote about Yessa Pugliarvi and what the Oilers did to get him back to Edmonton. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice story. The the fellow from the uh, that runs the Betafax, uh company that he's very busy right now bringing things back from all over the world. Was it's, it's a cool tale, you know, what it goes through to bring uh, a guy like Jesse back. And and the, the coolest part for me was Bob Nicholson kept saying how badly the Oilers players kept phoning him, and guys were phoning him saying, "Hey, we got to get Jesse back. What are we doing? Where is Jesse? Is he coming back?" So uh, this is a guy that's beloved by his teammates. And uh, you know what? That's We talk about organizations doing things the right way, Bob, right? The efforts they went to and the expense and all of that stuff to get Jesse Poyarvi home real fast, that's what the right, that's what good organizations do, right? That's what the way you're supposed to do it, and that's the way the Oilers did it. you got to give them credit. Mark, I was on that plane Friday night. Supposed to be a 3 o'clock flight. Ended up, we I think we left at 8.50, Okay. And I got yeah. pushed back to 7.30, and we had a minor technical difficulty that we had to deal with, sitting on the tarmac. And as players went walking by, and I sit in the middle of the plane, you know, these are, you know, these are, these are guys that have got it together. They're highly competitive kids that grow into men and uh, great time management skills when they're younger, and they're, you know, they're, they're very confident. And you could sense um, it, was, it was a different feel. And the concern was because they knew they were going to, they, they all got tested Friday and they'd already gotten the results back Friday, but the concern over being tested Saturday in Seattle and whether yeah. or not somebody was going to be left behind. And it was concern not for themselves, 
but for somebody else being left behind as part of the team. That was the sense and, and gut feel that you had. Like, you know, you, there's guys with kids. There's And, and you know, J- Jesse's a, a European guy, a little bit easier getting Canadians back. It You know, it's, it's a tough situation right now, and there's people that have got big issues. And, and like, there is, I call it COVID fatigue. I can tell by the, the text response. And, you know, I've sort of backed off on Twitter, giving updates on numbers and that sort of thing, because I tend to give more positive numbers, you know, like, Here's an example. Um, we actually dropped in the amount of people in ICU in Edmonton over the weekend. Okay? That would be a positive. But I give you that verbally. If I tweet that out, I'll have 14 guys go, oh, no, you know, the next two weeks we're going to we're gonna have 300 people. Like, we don't know that yet. But it is, it's a tough time out there. There's a lot of frustrated people. i got to tell you, Mark, the one thing I'm concerned about, and we'll get to Chikrin in the next set, I'm concerned about mental health for people. I really am. There's been so much focus on COVID, and I'm I'm really concerned about the mental health aspect of people out there and having, you know, the firefighters came out yesterday and uh, opened up different support networks to assist people that have some dependency issues, and that that's where you know there's the collateral damage. You know what I'm saying here, man? Yeah, it's uh, it is. It's a tough. You know, you talk about a guy like Robin Leonard who came out early and said, "I'm not. I can't go to." Beijing and do this thing. I can't go live in the bubble for three weeks. He says it's just it's something I can't do. And everyone's different, man. Everyone you deal with, you got to remember that there, everyone's got stuff going on, and you don't always know what it is. So uh, this thing is, it's pushing every button, and it's it's you know it's making if you got a weakness, this whole COVID thing's exploiting it. It's a tough time. So I'd like to say let's get through it right away, but I think we were saying that coming on two years ago it's been a battle no question about it so uh the league's response has it been the right one well yeah it is it is the right one you have to stop playing and stop this thing but i believe that it's 18 percent of the nhl players have been in covid protocol so it's it's really not about the league like to me it's about if it's gonna if covid is gonna go on uh, as hard and and prevalent as it is in our world, the league can stop for a week and be healthy up a little bit, and that's great. But they're just if they start up again with the same fashion and the same schedule, it's just going to hit them again. It's, hockey people and hockey players aren't immune from, you know, from like from this thing. Like they're no different than a carpenter or a sports writer. They have to live in the world and go get groceries. So uh, it, it's to me the NHL's response is admirable. They're doing the best they can do, but frankly, they're chanceless. If this thing goes hard. And, and the Omicron hits us the way it looks like it's hitting us, it's going to hit hockey hard too again, Bob, after the break. Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously hospitalizations and ICU visits, those are going to be the numbers that we're really going to have to monitor. All right, it's 12.57. Jacob Chikrin and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming up in the next half hour of the show. That's where we're going to head next after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.